Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Amen. Good morning. Thank you all for having me. That was a lovely offering. Beautiful. Not all offerings are created the same. That one was wonderful. How's everybody? Are you sure? You let your face know. Let your light shine. Amen. God lives in there. You got to let him out every once in a while. All right. I remember one time I went into a Starbucks and I uh, I told God I said God I don't I don't feel like I love anyone in there. How many of you have been there? You just don't feel the love and and so I was kind of just in my flesh I guess and and I said but God you love those people in there don't you? He said yeah I really do and he just started I just saw God smiling at the people in the Starbucks just in my heart. I saw him just this big grin on his face. Like, I love them. And I was like, God, I don't know them, but you know them and you love them. And I walked in there just smiling, looking at God, smiling at them. And I was just smiling, big goofy smile. And uh, the lady behind the counter, she saw me and she said, whoa. She said, you got a lot of good vibes coming off of you. And I was just doing this. I hadn't said a word to her. And I said, you know what that is? She said, what? And I said, it's the love of God. He loves you. And uh, it was just awesome. She encountered God's love through a smile. And so don't underestimate the power of a smile. If you want to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, I'm going to share a little bit of my heart with you um, and just give you uh, just some things that's helped me along the journey. I'll share a little bit about my story. But uh, my heart's just to encourage you this morning, encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your uh, walk with Jesus. I love uh, the church, I love the body of Christ, and my heart's really for Christians to experience the fullness of Christ. How many of you know that the, the new covenant is filled with a lot of amazing promises? Um, there's things that we read about that if we're really, really honest with ourselves, we, we aren't walking in. And depending on your view of God and your view of yourself, if you don't know what to do when you see a gap. Now, when I say a gap, I mean something that the Bible promises or says to be true, but that's not true in your life. Anyone been in the gap before? Like you read about joy or you read about peace or you read about freedom and, and you're not experiencing that. that. That's a gap. That creates a problem. Amen. Now, depending on your view of God, your view of yourself, you will try to bridge that gap one of many different ways. And um, it just depends on, on your framework and, and your understanding of the gospel, your understanding of the nature of God. Um, and so if you're like me, I grew up in a tradition, in a faith where when there was a gap, you just had to try harder. Oh. See, if there was a gap, you just needed to throw more spiritual principles at it. I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray more. I need to get around someone anointed more. And so what happened was my heart, my heart began to try to bridge every gap that I had with God. I tried to bridge it with 
with my own effort and my own understanding. Anyone been there? If you've been there, it's exhausting. It, it, it will fill you with the feeling like you're never doing enough. Anyone feel that way with God? Like you just wake up and you're like, I don't feel like I'm praying enough. I don't feel like I'm in my Bible enough. I don't feel like I'm sharing the gospel enough. I just don't feel enough. Anyone, can we just be real in church? I know you're looking nice, but let's just be real, okay? So I like being real. Uh, it's the only way to be. And so I, I've been on this journey where I, I love to wrestle with God. I love to wrestle with his word. I love to, uh, to just get really real. And so um, I, I've, I've been on this journey. I encountered the power of God in 2006. It changed my life. It was amazing. I got filled with the spirit. Uh, God delivered me from a addiction to pornography and just so many other things. And the power of God began to move through my life. Uh, and it was amazing um, but in that period, I still didn't know who I was as God's son. I still didn't know my identity as a son of God. And so I was still trying to do things to earn his affection, earn his favor, earn his blessings, earn his breakthrough, because I wasn't comfort- comfortable being God's son. And no one ever taught me that. And so uh, in 2010, my wife and I were, were down in, in Oak Lawn in, in Dallas. It's a neighborhood in Dallas. And we were part of uh, the team that was just that became upper room. We were just praying in a literal upper room, and it was awesome. God began to move. And when I moved down into our apartment, I had this really interesting encounter with the Lord. I was in my kitchen. I was unpacking a bag. I was completely by myself, and this oil dumps all over my feet. I was in my kitchen, and oil just accidentally spilled out of this bag and just covered my feet. And the presence of God came into my kitchen. This was the most ordinary moment. I wasn't praying, wasn't fasting, wasn't worshiping. I was unpacking a bag. And oil spilled out. And the presence of God just descended in my kitchen. And he said, son, he said, I'm anointing your feet to run with the gospel. And I'm looking at my feet and I'm sensing the presence of God. And I'm realizing that in this moment, God has literally dumped oil on my feet somehow. I don't know how he did it. I don't, it just blows my theological box. You say it was an accident. I don't know. He was there. There was oil. And he spoke that to me. And I said, God, I said this. I said, I will run with the gospel, but you need to teach me the gospel. That seems like a good thing to say. I, I said, listen, the gospel I heard growing up, I don't see the fruit of that gospel when it's proclaimed. I don't see the same fruit in my life and those around me as I, as I read about in the pages of this book. That's a gap, right? And so I, I began for, it set me off on this six, seven year journey um, of, of really asking God one question in, 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 in the prayer room for six years. It's been a decade now, over a decade um, it's still my pray, my prayer and my cry, Lord, you have to show me the gospel. And some of you are looking at me funny like, hey, come on, dude, it's real simple. It's just Jesus died and buried and rose again. Are you with me? I want to challenge your understanding of the gospel. So let's look at Galatians 1, and I'm hopefully going to give you a few keys here this morning that will just maybe unlock uh, a lifestyle of, of, of intimacy, of encounter and of the fruitfulness uh, that's been promised to us. And so um, let me just pray for us. Father, we, we recognize you're here with us and that we need you. We need you so bad. 
We just acknowledge you're the source of our life, of every breath, of every thought. Holy Spirit, come and illuminate your word. Renew our minds. Breathe upon this time. Holy Spirit, breathe upon it. Breathe upon hearts, every weary heart in this place who has been stuck in the gap. God, would you breathe upon them this morning? Would your nearness descend upon them? Even as I speak, Lord, would you come and encounter your people? In Jesus' name, amen. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm just going to read a few verses here and then, and then just share with you. Um, so this book, uh, Paul wrote to the church. These were Christians. Um, and, and this book was written, I guess, around 50 to 60 A.D., uh, which was maybe about 30 to 40 years after Jesus rose from the grave. Okay? So that's not a long time. I want you to just, I want to set the context here because I think sometimes we read the scriptures just, okay, 2021, great. But there's some context here that to me is really fascinating. Um, these, these people in this church, some of them uh, would have been around when Jesus was walking the earth. 30, 40 years after he, he rose. So, so there were some folks here that were, would, have, would have known Jesus, seen Jesus, and, um, and, and he writes this, this phrase in verse 6. He says, I am astonished. Say astonished. Show me your best astonished face. There you go. I am astonished, Paul says. This is an amazing way to start a letter. That you are so quickly, say quickly, deserting him. This is a church, 30 years, fresh. The gospel was fresh. And still, 30 years later, after the gospel was freshly released on Pentecost, you have a church deviating from the message, from the gospel. Do you think, by some chance, in 2021, that the church could have possibly, just maybe, deviated slightly from the original course? Or do you think we're just center of the fairway, we've nailed it, we've got it, we're doing much better than the Galatians, thank you very much. So there's a posture of humility when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the expression of our faith, to our connection to God, our ability to love one another and win the world into God's family. We should approach this thing with humility, with a sense of God. We want to stay, we want to keep our hearts soft and humble. We don't, we haven't figured this thing out. Because if we had, if we'd figured this thing out, um, it would look different. I'm, I'm astonished you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort, say distort, 
the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. This is heavy language. I love Paul. He's like, if we preach, if we come back six months from now and we're preaching something different than we preached when we first came to you, don't listen to us. That's a man of God. He's like, don't just trust in my authority and apostolic. If I come back six months from now and I've changed the subject and I'm, and I'm no longer preaching Jesus, I, don't listen. Woo, are y'all okay? All right, I'm just going to go in. <clears throat> Verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Verse 10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Interesting note, I touched on this last night. The fear of man is a snare. You cannot fear man and serve God. I'm not here to please you. Did you know that? I'm not here to perform for you. I could care less about what you think of me. I love you, and I want to preach the gospel to you because the gospel will, will produce power and intimacy in your life and make you an effective witness to Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about him. And I believe it's possible for a company of people. I'm not saying this. I'm not telling this scripture to you. I don't know you. I'm, I'm saying this to you because it's about him. He's the plumb line. Jesus is the plumb line for the church. And, and we say that, but we need to, I'm going to unpack that a little bit this morning because um, it's very easy to say it's all about Jesus, but the scriptures have a lot of words helping us understand and know Jesus. There's a reason he gave us these scriptures. There's a reason. It's so that we would know him and encounter him. John 5.39 says this. The Pharisees were, were just, man, they were in this wrestle with Jesus. And he says this. He goes, guys, he goes, you study the scriptures because you think in them is life. He goes, but these are they that testify of me, yet you refuse to come to me and have life. See, this, this is a glory portal to encountering Jesus. The scriptures, like you're like, oh, that doesn't sound very fascinating. Listen, I open these things up in my leather chair and God just envelops me in the spirit and he begins to reveal his son to me. This is why I open the word of God. I don't open the word of, I used to open the word of God to check a box for my conscience because I thought I was supposed to have a quiet time because if I didn't, I wouldn't have, you know, the supply for the day. Oh, I'm, I'm not, did I step, <laughs> I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but at some point when you get born again, you just lose your toes. <laughs> so, so watch this, keep going. Verse 11, this is bananas. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. Say man's gospel. Uh-oh. For I did not receive it from any man. Interesting. Nor was I taught it. Huh. But I received it, what? The gospel, 
through a revelation of Jesus Christ. We have made the gospel about man. Man's sins being forgiven. Man going to heaven when he dies. What man must do to receive salvation. It's all about man. And so when you come into the kingdom through man's gospel, your entire Christian life is about you. It's about what you can get from God. It's about, it's about what you have to do to stay saved. And that's why I believe the church as a whole, again, I'm not speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm setting a context. The church as a whole is tired and sick and weary and burnt out. And our witness has been compromised. We've been divided because we're just, we're, 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 we're infighting. And I, and I remember I said, God, I said, this is what, this is man's gospel. And I said, but I want the gospel. He says, it's a revelation of Jesus. It's a constant unveiling of Jesus. How many of you would say in this place, oh, I know the gospel? Now, I made you all nervous. (laughs) It's not a trick question. You can know the gospel and you can continue to know it because the gospel hangs on a revelation of Jesus. It's what it's all about. It's in a revealing of who Jesus is. And this is what happens biblically. When Jesus is revealed to you through the proclamation of his name, his nature, who he is, what he's done, and why he did it. When that is proclaimed to you, you get a little window of opportunity called faith. And your heart gets a chance to respond either yay or nay to that revelation of Jesus. This is how the gospel works. So when I preach to you the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's a window of time for your your heart to go, you know what? I trust that. I believe that. I lay hold of that. And it's not just that. It's, It's who he is, what he did, and why he did it. So, So when you think of the gospel, you can't just think of what he did. I remember um, I, w- I was sharing the gospel on the streets, and I was talking to this guy that was, um, I guess he lived on the streets, and, and I was sharing the gospel with him, and I just said, man, I said, do you know Jesus? He said, yes, and he died on a cross for me, and he was buried, and he rose again, and he was just completely, it was just a completely factual statement to him. And even in my own heart, I noticed a numbness in my heart when I spoke of the death, burial, and resurrection and, and something really, really bothered me about that numbness and that, and that lack of response to the greatest act of love the world's ever seen. I said, God, how could I talk about your cross? How could someone mention that God hung on a tree naked, was buried, and rose again on the third day? How could not that not do anything to my heart? Why would my heart not beat a little faster at that, at the mention of that reality? And I'll never forget what the father said. He said, son, he said, he said, knowing what I did for you will have little power to change your life unless it's coupled with a deep understanding of why I did it. See, you can know what God did for you all day long. Oh, he died on a cross for me. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. Praise God. But you know when a heart's disconnected from the reality of why he did it. Maybe even as I share that, you recognize, man, yeah, there's a numbness in my heart to the gospel. It's okay. 
There's never shame for where we're at. God meets us and he begins to unveil himself to us fresh again and again and again. He wants your heart alive. He wants your heart burning. And the only way your heart's going to be alive and burning in love for him is if Jesus truly is revealed to your heart. So when you see a phrase, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's a big, big statement. Um, Of course, the cross and the burial and resurrection is a component of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when we preach that message, of course, we're preaching the revelation of Jesus. Amen. But how many of you know that 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 what Jesus did was also connected to who he is? And I'm going to I'm going to break this down for you. So. And so this is going to be a, a key, I believe, this is going to catalyze for you guys um, a journey in the scriptures that I pray and hope will uh, excite you as much as it has excited me. I have been, um, I have been uh, connecting and fellowshipping with my father over this gospel for a decade, and I want to tell you this, um, I'm not bored yet. I haven't gotten bored in over a decade and, and, and the, the level, um, the amount of grace and power and Holy Spirit that flows to me through this revelation of Christ, I have yet to find the bottom of it. I can't seem to find where I'm like, okay, now let me move on to higher things. You don't get higher than Christ. Hear me. You don't get higher, more anointed... It, Jesus is it. He is the anointed one. Oh, it'll settle everything in your heart. Simple and pure devotion to Christ is success. It's the highest, deepest, most glorious place, devoting your heart to Jesus Christ in simplicity. So the, the way I want to explain this, when you hear revelation of Christ, um, it... it um, let me explain it this way. The Old Testament, I believe, was a shadow of Christ. I mentioned this last night, but on the road to Emmaus, Jesus opened the scriptures to these two guys on a seven-mile journey. He went from Moses all the way to the prophets, and he began to reveal himself to these two guys in the scriptures. And I love that. And I think in the Old Testament, there's, um, you see three leaders, three main Bible characters. If you guys went to you know, Bible school, or not Bible school, if you went to, you know, children's church, you know these three Bible characters. you got Moses, Joshua, and David. And I believe Moses, Joshua, and David were pictures of Christ in the Old Testament. That you see an aspect of Jesus, what, he, what would be revealed through the Gospels, you can see them in Moses, Joshua, and David. But uh, the reason I'm giving you this key, because I believe that the Gospel message hangs on three distinct revelations of Jesus Christ. How many of you know Jesus presents himself differently in different seasons on the page of this, uh, of this book? That his personality, his person is so vast, it's so broad, you don't just get one glance and go, oh, I got it. Like if, if for those of you, how many of you are in business? Raise your hand. Come on, just raise it high. Y'all are not shy, my business people. How many of you, if like a, like a 16-year-old, 18-year-old coming out of school says, hey, dad, mom, you know, I just got a revelation of business. I figured it out. <laughs> oh, you laugh at him. 
Why? Because you're like, you have no idea. It's so much bigger than your one little piece that you just got at school in class. It's the same with the gospel. We've given people a slice of the gospel through the death, burial, and resurrection. We've preached a slice of it. And because we've preached a slice of it, then we've, we've, only, we've only made a conduit for a slice of God's grace to flow, a slice of freedom, a slice of God's power. And so we wonder why the church is wandering in the wilderness because we've preached a slice. See, what we did was we preached the slice, and then when they got into the kingdom, we're like, all right, now we're just going to have to, you know, we got to do our best. (laughs) But something happens when you just begin to preach, attempt to preach who he is, what he's done, and why he's done it. There's this grace that begins to flow. Because every time you get a slice and a piece of who he is, guess what happens? Faith can be strengthened. Your faith can grow. The the conduit through which God's power and spirit is expanded, and all of a sudden, we can grow up out of sin, out of bondage, out of fear, out of a, a, a normal human life, and we can grow up into Christ, into the fullness. And that's my heart for you. So, so this is how I like to describe it. Um, Moses, how many of you know Moses? He took, he took God's people out of Egypt and into the wilderness, Now, let's look at how he did that, because there's a picture of the gospel in Christ with Moses, Joshua, and David. I want you to see this. This is amazing. Once you see this, it's going to be like, you'll literally, where's these outlets? This, for me, this, for me, is like plugging in to this power source that I'm like, man, I I had no idea this was there. This will change your Christian walk. I, I, I firmly believe it. So Moses was anointed by God to take Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, through the Red Sea, and he ultimately was intended to bring them where? To the promised land, okay? So God saved Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, so that he could bring them into the promised land. That was the purpose, right? He wanted to bring them out to worship, and then when he, when he, the purpose of him bringing them into the promised land was to bless them so they could become a blessing to the nations. This was God's picture. He wanted Israel to be so big and fat and abundant with the blessings of God that the entire world would look at Israel and go, what in the world? You're just this tiny little nation, but you have so much. You've dispossessed these nations stronger than you, and you are blessing the Gentiles through your fatness. That was God's purpose. Now, if you know the story, God says, all right, Moses, listen, uh, we got the plagues. We're about to deal with Pharaoh. How many of you know bondage and slavery represents sin? Amen? Mankind's stuck in sin. This is the picture. And so he says, hey, I need you to kill a lamb. Sound familiar? Stay with me. I'm giving you the, I'm, I'm giving you the punchline so you can just stay with me. All right? This is a shadow of the gospel. So he says, Moses, kill a lamb. Why? A death angel's coming, and it's going to kill every, every firstborn male among the people. But if that blood is on your doorpost, the death angel will see it, and he will pass over. That's where we get the term Passover. He will pass over your home, and no death will come into your home. So this is amazing. He puts the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the death angel comes. How many of you know the death angel is a bad mammer jammer? Like he's just, you know. 
But the death angel could not pass through the blood. That's amazing. So, so Israel in that Because he doesn't want you relying on the expression of his power. He wants you relying on him. And so, and so if you know the story, Israel comes up out of their family. They got their belts buckled. They're full tummies with lamb. They ate, you know, little Billy. I feel <laughs> You know, they had that little guy in their home, and, you know. And if you have kids, you know that was intense. They had to kill. They probably named it. If it was me, I'd be like, no naming it. No naming it. When you name it, it's a family pet. So they're rushing out, and all of a sudden they're like, all right, woohoo, we're going to be free. 400 years of slavery going to be gone. And all of a sudden they get to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's coming. This is a bad day. And if, and if you and I were honest, many of us would think, all right, let's go get more lamb blood, and let's go sprinkle Pharaoh. Because if it was strong enough for the death angel, then, then it'll be strong enough for Pharaoh. Come on. See, some of y'all, oh, you're not going to like this. Some of you have been pleading the blood for things that the waters were meant to cover. Oh, you didn't hear that. That's okay. Listen, Pharaoh was coming, and God's remedy for Pharaoh was not blood. It was water. His power in the next moment changed. He goes, I'm not doing blood anymore. That was for the death angel. In this instance, I need you to trust me. You're going to pass through the waters, and through the waters, I'm going to deliver you from Pharaoh, which, which represented their past, which represented their tormentor, which represented the bondage that they were in for 400 years. God says, blood was for the death angel, but the waters are for your past. And he changed in a moment. He just pivoted. He's like, blood, then water. Does it sound familiar? So Moses represents like a type of Messiah who through blood and water removes death from us and takes us through the waters of baptism so that we can be co-crucified with Christ and we're resurrected with him in newness of life. That's what Moses represented. He was a type and shadow of the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Oh, I hope you see this. But listen, how many of you know you can be born again, you can come through the waters, and you can still be wandering around in the wilderness? And this is, this is where the church is, I believe, today. We've had a generation of Moses saying, guys, we just got to get people out of hell and into heaven. And so we've preached the blood and the water, and we've gotten people born again, and then we've orphaned them in the wilderness. And we stopped preaching Christ. 
And so Israel wanders for 40 years and God's like, you know what, Moses, you're not going in. I wanted you to go in, but you're not going in. I'm going to raise up another leader, Joshua. Joshua. Yeshua. I'm going to raise up another leader who's going to finish the job. And what does Joshua do? Joshua leads the people through another river, another baptism. How does he do it? He does it with the presence of God. See, Moses reached out his hand, stretched out his hand and his staff, and God parted the Red Sea. Joshua took the Levites with the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, and the presence went through the waters. I believe this represents Jesus as our high priest who is alive right now in heaven mediating the new covenant and those who get washed in the blood, who go through baptism, he says, okay, now I'm going to take you and I'm going to give you this baptism called the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, the high priest, is the one who baptizes you and I in the Holy Spirit. But you you have to see this. If you don't see the gospel as including the revelation of who Jesus is now, do you know Jesus is, he's forever the lamb who was slain, but he is existing now as our high priest in heaven. Now, when I say high priest, you hear that, and many of us, like, it just doesn't do anything for us because we're not Jewish. We're Gentiles, mostly. Any Jews in here? Grow up? Okay, so no, then we're all Gentiles. (laughs) Which means we have no, when you, when you hear high priest, specifically in modern Christianity 2021, that does not, you do not get excited in the least bit. When you get a revelation of Jesus as your high priest, it will absolutely change your walk with him. Did you know Jesus is alive today right now and he's praying for you? It says he lives to make intercession for you. He has a ministry in heaven, the Bible says, and his ministry is to mediate for you to experience what he accomplished on the cross. Like, he's more interested in you growing up and maturing and and walking in the fullness than you are. He's vested. This changes the way you walk with God because now the pressure's off. I'm just responding to one who is intensely and passionately leading me each and every day of my life. You will never, you will never pursue God more than he pursues you. Ever. Oh, y'all are not hearing me. This, this changes everything. You cannot pursue God more than he will pursue you all the days of your life. He doesn't know how to turn off. He doesn't know how. You think he went to the cross and he did all of that? He shed his own blood? You think he did that? Now he's in heaven and he's just kind of chilling? And he's like sitting back and he's like, man, I wish they would do more with what I gave them. I mean, sheesh. I wish they would just do more. Many of us, we think that way. We believe that way. We think God's just waiting for us to get our act together. But there's power, there's grace that flows when you see that there is a living God and his name is Jesus and he's in heaven on your behalf. One of my biggest struggles um, as as a young believer 
was I believed that if, if I sinned, that Jesus was really, really mad at me. I, um, you know, I mentioned my, my addiction to lust and all that. And so every time I would screw up and fall, I, I just, for me, I perceived that God was angry. I believed that God was angry. And do you know what that made me do? It made me pull back from God for about two days to three days, depending on how guilty I felt. Okay, I would pull back for about two to three days and I would let the dust of his anger settle. And then after three days, I would go back and re-engage and I would say, God, you know, you know, you got to just forgive me. I, I, I hate that I'm doing this. I just want to be free. And I really did want freedom in my heart. But my framework, listen to me, my gospel framework didn't promise me freedom. I didn't know I could be free. I didn't know I could live and walk free from sin. I didn't know. I thought, I, I grew up in a tradition where they said, hey, you will always struggle with sin. And I know that that's probably not here, but if you have heard that, I want to just emphatically tell you, you do not have to always struggle with sin. You can be free. You can walk in freedom. It's possible. It really is possible. And so um, I would let three days go by. Anyone relate to that? If you're honest, you just like screw up and you're like, oh, we got to let the dust settle. Um, that biblically is called a dead work. Because what you're doing is you think that you're waiting and pulling back is like, it, it feels inauthentic. Let me see if I can describe it this way. To go right back to God and to his word and to prayer, it feels inauthentic. It feels like, how could I do this in one moment and then just go back to God in prayer? That doesn't feel authentic, right? And so we feel we're so used to being punished relationally when we screw up because earthly relationships will teach us that we get punished relationally. What do I mean when I say punished relationally? Meaning someone that you sin against, they, they show displeasure, they pull back from you. Like we're so used to that that we project that onto God and we think that's what he's like. But he's not that way. In 1 John it says that if we sin, say if, it doesn't say when. It says if, if you sin. Not when. So many of us think, well, it's just, you know, it's a matter of time till I see, you know, we all sin and fall short, brother. If, say if. Thank God for if. Thank God for if. He says, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What does that mean? It means that every time I was screwing up thinking he was mad, he was actually presenting himself to me as a helper. What if in your weakness, the thing you're most ashamed about, the thing you're most beating yourself up about, the thing the people around you are most shaming you about, what if in that place of weakness, brokenness, the area where you should know better by now? Oh, come on. Who's been hearing that? You should know better by now. Come on. That's the devil. Though you should know better by now. Listen, Jesus is every step of the way. He is your advocate. He knows your weakness. He knows your frame. He knows your brokenness. He knows your frailty. And he gets on your side of the table. And I believe this is what it looks like. He puts his arm around you and he's like, he's like, Father, 
Do you remember my son, Peter, when he gave his life to us? Do you remember that? He was born of us. Right now, he's so confused about his identity. He's, he's looking in these other things. But Father, I pray for him, and I pray that he's never going to forget who he is, and that I'm going to reveal myself to his heart, and one day he'll be free. And Jesus, in my shame, I'm pulling away. I'm hiding from him. I'm like Adam and Eve in the garden, putting fig leaves, trying to pull away, and God's like, you got no idea. And he's just got his arm around me, and he's advocating my case to the Father, saying he's going to get through this. I'm not going to let him go. I've washed him in my blood. And when you begin to hear that kind of prayer, see, some of you have been looking to be sanctified and grow up in God. It just starts with hearing the prayers that Jesus is praying over your life. I challenge you. Ask God in your quiet time. Some of you are like, I don't even know what to pray. Praise God. Just wait. You know when it says those who wait on the Lord, their strength will, will be renewed? Do you know why? Because when you wait for a while and you stop jabbing, you can actually start to hear heaven's conversation over your life. How liberating is that? Heaven is having a conversation over your life. Heaven is vested in you. Heaven is vested in you. Heaven, heaven, heaven paid the, the highest price to get you back into his family. And I pray that that just, that, that breathes a sigh of relief into your heart. And I don't know, I don't know if, if, if who I'm talking to, but if that's been you, if you feel like you've just been in shame and guilt and condemnation, you've been walking in that cycle of, man, I, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, that you would see Jesus that you would see Jesus. And the reason I'm emphasizing and pausing on this revelation of Jesus as our high priest is because I believe we've been blind to it and it's stagnated the growth in the church. And not to mention, we don't have time this morning because I want to pray. I want to have a time of prayer and the band can come back up if you want. Just we'll play something softly. Um. I mentioned David. David, David become, became king, we know, in the promised land. And, and he, he was used by God to advance and expand the kingdom of Israel into other nations. And, and that's a picture of Christ, the bridegroom. How many of you know that Jesus is coming back? Twelve of you. Did y'all know he's really genuinely coming back? Oh, he's coming back. And his return and the revelation of Jesus as a bridegroom, watch this, is part of the gospel. It says in 1 Peter, to set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? It means there's a grace waiting for you when he comes. There's a future grace that you've not tasted of that's going to save you from the presence of sin in this world and cause you to be joined to him forever. And he says, I want your hope to be set fully on that grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. And there's something about the revelation of Jesus as your Messiah. Hear me, you can write this down and you can take it to the bank. The Messiah, the Lamb of God, the High Priest, and the Bridegroom. 
upon these three distinct revelations, you see, you can see and understand and know the nature of God, and you can walk in the fullness. And as I share those with you, you'll, you'll notice that in the entire New Testament, it's just on loop. Paul, Peter, James, they just point to the Messiah, the high priest, the bridegroom again and again and again and again. And you can never wear it out. So I want to just take a minute because in moments like these, Jesus is here and he loves you more than I do. He knows you more than I do. He's not passive with you. He's not apathetic. This is not a lottery system. Hear me. Encountering Jesus is not a lottery Russian roulette. Well, is it going to be my day? Doesn't work that way. He loves you. He loves you. And if you're willing and your heart's present and it's here and it's open, whatever you need. I said whatever you need. He's here to supply it to you by his grace by his grace by his spirit we started in Galatians and and he says this later on and I, I feel this in my heart for you he says hey guys he says who's bewitched you he said you you've gotten a little goofy here he says having begun by the spirit are you now trying to be perfected by the law he said let me ask you a question did you receive the spirit in the working of miracles by works of the law or by hearing with faith two things at stake here the supply of God's spirit how many of you you would acknowledge I need a fresh supply of God's spirit in some area of my life in my finances in my heart in my emotions in my relationships in my business in my past in my future where there's trauma how many of you know I need a fresh supply of God's spirit now listen let me highlight something many of us without even knowing it we have a framework a belief to think that that supply of the spirit only comes when you jump through this that and this hoop and then the supply comes and for you that that those hoops could be different for you those hoops could be well I don't you know I just don't feel like I'm uh, and we have these hoops and Paul was rebuking them and he goes hey guys it's not about your hoops he says it's about hearing of who Jesus is and that being mixed with faith in your heart and saying, you know what? I wonder if God's going to just touch me and encounter me because he loves me because he already revealed himself to be that way the supply of the Spirit and the working of miracles. Uh-oh. He will work miracles among you simply by hearing who He is. That's what He's like. He's a miracle-working God. And I believe many of you this morning are going to be healed physically. You're going to be healed emotionally. You're going to experience deliverance in your heart. If you're simply willing to just let Jesus be Jesus and you would take your eyes off of yourself and you would put them on him, the risen one. Can you stand to your feet? We're going to tarry here for a minute.
just going to listen to the Lord. You can just open your heart to him. Just encourage you, just begin to recognize what is it that you need from him? Do you need healing in your body? Do you need deliverance? Do you need freedom in some area? Do you need hope? Do you need understanding? Do you need clarity? Do you need vision? Just take a minute and just identify and just get get into that place where you're aware of what you need. See, God moves upon hungry hearts. When we acknowledge our need before him, he can move upon that. He can ride upon that. If we don't think we have need, it, 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 it just does something. It's like, man, he, he has a really hard time breaking through and saying, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. So don't be afraid of that need. Just take a minute here. there's someone here with a with a pain in the left shoulder like from up here on the back going into the arm on the left side got pain I don't know if it was dislocated or sciat I don't think it's a sciatica I'm not a big doctor guy anyone here pain in the left shoulder mobility your healing right now over that left shoulder. Just thank you, Lord. Just touching my brother's left shoulder in Jesus' name. Make it brand new. Brand new. Full strength and mobility. Anyone else, I just feel like wholesale healing. If you, got, if you need healing in your body, just lift your hand. You need healing, physical healing. Just lift it up just for a minute. Okay, I want to I wanna speak a word to you. I understand many of us, we've received prayer. We've received, you know, the scriptures in my heart. In Ephesians 5, it says this. He says, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. 
What's he saying? He's saying, when I see you, I don't just see a hunk of flesh. I see a piece of me. And he's speaking very specifically of your flesh, of your mortal body. See, Jesus doesn't distinguish and go, well, your spirit's much more important. He healed the sick who came to him. He loves your mortal body, and he wants you whole. He says, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it as Christ does the church. It is his delight to show you mercy this morning. Can you lift your hands again? Now listen, here's what I want you to do. Just keep your hands high. For those of, for, for those of you, look around, and I want you to see something. Jesus Christ said this. He says, if you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. I believe something happens when we take a simple act of faith and we just extend a hand like this. You know what we're saying? When you extend a hand and you touch someone who's sick, you're saying, God, I trust you in your word. I trust you in your word. I'm not, it's not about the prayer. It's not about how anointed your prayer is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think it's your words? It's God in you. It's God in you, I said. It's God who heals. It's his name, Jesus. He's a healer. And so all you're doing, listen, this is so amazing. All you're doing is you're saying, Jesus, when I extend my hand and I touch someone, I'm believing that you, the healer, is going to come out and touch them. Oh, it's a, it's a tremendous trust. Come on, would you just lift your hand again if you need healing? And church, let's be the church. Can you just go lay hands on someone? Please don't. You don't need to pray. Just let the, let the healer flow through you. Let the healer flow through you. Oh, let his healing virtue and power flow. Oh, you can sing out in the spirit if you want. You can let the river flow. Come on, yeah, why don't we, can y'all sing out in the spirit over us? Just let the river of God flow. Yeah, just let the river of God flow. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Let the compassion of God fill your heart. Imagine if you were sick. Imagine if you were in pain. It's the nourishing, cherishing Jesus in our midst, binding up broken hearts. Oh, he's healing spirits and and hearts as well. He's binding up broken places. Oh, release the oil, Lord. Release the oil. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, just let the river flow. God lives in you. God lives in you. Let it let the river flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. If no one's laying hands on you and you still need healing, just lift your hand high. Just lift your hand high until someone comes.
Jesus. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, come on. Just release a song in the spirit. Release a song in the spirit. Come on. Come on. The nourishing Jesus. The cherishing Jesus is here. Cherishing his bride. Nourishing her. Nourishing her. Where you feel emotionally bankrupt. Where you feel trauma in your soul. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Sing this out in faith. Streams, rivers of living water, God's put in your belly, speaking of the Spirit. Come on, we have a few more minutes here. Don't get tired on me now. You got a river in your belly. Yeah. River. Can we sing this together? Let's sing this together. We're not done ministering. River flow. Put your hand on your belly when you sing it. The river flow. Sing it again. We're going to keep singing this. One voice. One voice. It's beautiful. on every voice. Sing it out in faith.
Spirit. Come on, sing it out. Believe it. Believe it. Moving power out of your belly. Out of your belly. Out of your heart, rivers of living water shall flow. Yep. Yep. Holy Spirit, come. Can you keep singing that? There's an invitation right now. If you've never, if you've never actually experienced that scripture in this song is based in John 7. And Jesus said, Jesus spoke. He said, Those who receive the Spirit, the giving of the Spirit, the giving of the Spirit, he said, out of their hearts a river of living water flows. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you're in this room right now, there is a grace for you to receive the Spirit in such a way that it's not like a little trickle, that it's a river. If, if you feel dry, you feel like, man, I have been disconnected from this water source, from this source of power and life. I am exhausted. I'm burnt out. If that resonated with you, I want you to just come. I want you to come forward. And we're going to pray. We're going to sing this over you. And I believe God's going to fill us. You can come, posture, however you want. We're not going to twist God's arm. Just come. You can kneel before him. You can, you can do whatever you want. We're going to just take a few more minutes here. Come on. Don't leave this place thirsty. Don't leave this place tired and dry and weary and confused. It's the river of God. It's the river of God. Just keep singing it out over every heart. Sing it out, guys, over every heart. Over every dry place, the river of God. Receive His Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. coming. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's moving in power. He's doing what you can't do. He's lifting the burdens. All the heaviness is leaving now. All the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that's been a cancer to your soul. River of God, flow.
river of God. just hear the Spirit saying over this family, Andrew and your whole family, this, this work. The Word says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I just see like you've, you guys have sown so many seeds. You've refreshed so many people. And God, I'm asking right now, I'm asking right now for every seed that has been sown, every cup of cold water, that this family has given to your people and to the lost and to the broken, that you would return it unto them with streams of living water, that you would refresh them in this moment in your presence in a way that is substantial. God, that your word says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And the Lord says, it's this morning. You're here. I'm here to refresh you. I'm here to refresh you. I'm here for you to receive a fresh drink, a fresh outpouring from within, a fresh bubbling up of the Spirit of God, the deep things of God, those places in the first love that you remember where the flow of His Spirit and His presence was so warm upon your hearts. Just the innocence of being in ministry and loving Him and loving His people. Oh, He's restoring the joy of salvation. He's restoring the joy of salvation in this house. He's restoring the joy of the gospel in this house. Oh, he's restoring. There's a fresh joy, a fresh oil. It's a fresh oil from heaven. Oh, to lift the weary knees, to strengthen the weak knees, to to strengthen and lift the weary heads. Lift up your eyes. Where does your help come from? Oh, it comes from him, the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the refresher of your soul. He is the one who nourishes and cherishes you. Oh, just let him cherish you. Let him speak tenderly to you. Let him speak kindly to you. Oh, he's so pleased. River of God. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, church. If he's in your belly, let him out. Come on, lend your faith to these thirsty ones. Don't just stand there. This is your body. A rising tide lifts all shifts. Come on, let the river of God out of your belly. Let him flow in this place. Let him flow in this place, Lord. Let the river of God consume us. The river of God, that's it. That's it. Come on. River flow. Ho! Jesus, the river of God, let it flow. More, 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 more. Break forth from the deeps. 
Break forth from the deeps. Deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep. Oh, fill him, Lord. Fill him with your spirit. Holy Spirit, come. The river of God. The river of God. Bubble up, 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 bubble up. More, 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 more. Let the river flow, God. Let the river flow. River flow, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yes, Lord, the deep places. Oh, he's doing a deep work in his people. Oh, it's his love. The river of his love. Come on, drink deep. Drink deep. In power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, na na na. Oh, ra na 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 na. Thank you, Lord. Power. Let the river. Yeah, river flow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Can we... Let's do I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. I love you, Lord. Come on, just a few more minutes. Jesus. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. Every broken place, the river of God flows. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit, come. 
Holy Spirit, come. his face. It's his face. Thank you, Lord. Just let him look at you with those eyes of fire, those eyes of love. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can you sing this, church, as we close? Can you sing this? Can you sing this together? Just sing it out from your heart to him. Just close your eyes. Let the world fade away. Your eyes upon Jesus. Mark him, Lord. Mark him, Lord, with your name and your love. again. Jesus. It's you that we want, Lord. It's you that we want. Come on, just tell him. It's him. His wonderful face, full of glory. Oh, he's smiling today. The love of God.
It's just him. You're all we have, Jesus.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. He's so wonderful. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you so much for what you did here today. Thank you so much for sending the gift that is Peter Lewis and his team. And it occurred to me that I had something planned. Um, now, Peter Lewis brought some merch today. Um, so do make sure you check that out on your way out. Um, hey, would you, would you guys mind coming forward for just a minute? Um, and then I'm going to get him as soon as he comes back out. Um, it was really on my heart um, that we would impart to them as they have imparted to us. So um, for our prayer partners, those who um, are ministers, um, Pastor Becky, um, why don't you come forward? And we're, gonna, we're just going to release heaven over them as they get ready to travel back to Dallas. And you guys can just partner in faith with us. We're going to, of course, wait till peak it's out here and uh Sandin can I get you to come forward bub I I know you're in the middle of ministering uh so just as you can how many of you guys were impacted by what the Lord said and did this weekend yeah powerful I really just wanted to pray over you guys and in part um so if you just kind of want to come over here and as soon as P gets out here we're just gonna well yeah I'm gonna be back in a minute yeah hey I really just wanted to I wanted to impart to you guys I realized that I just had that on my heart um I believe that God um we're not that special but I do believe that God has what God has given us is special and so I just wanted to release that and and bless you guys and pray over you so uh guys go ahead and um Bless them. Let's bless them in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can just uh, pray in the spirit. Yeah, stretch out your faith to them. Thank God. We thank God for their lives. Thank you, Lord. Watch over them as they go. God, protect them and care for their families. Provide for them in every way, Lord. Let them not lack in any area. Come on. Bless them with the surplus of your spirit. Let there be deeper revelations of the gospel, of the ministry, of the person of Jesus. Spirit in your fire. Come on. More, Lord. And do back upon you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Come on for your family. Woo, coming back. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. The glory, the blessing. Father, we pray over 
these men and their families. God, that you would do in them, with them, what we cannot. Touch them. Cause them to go in great power. In the fullness of your spirit, Lord. Let them not lack in any way. (laughs) More, Lord. More, Lord. (laughs) The glory in the fire. Thank you, Jesus. thank God for what it means to be Trinity, for what it means to be his family here, and for what he's doing in our midst. Obviously, they're going to continue to pray, but I just, I really felt um, as though the Lord was saying to us, hey, listen, they're bringing something special, but what I have birthed in and through us in this church and this ministry, what he's done here, um, we should revere and hold that and honor that as well, and so that's why I wanted to do this, and so just encourage you, make sure you do step by there, uh, that table. Um, we actually, Caitlin bought his book just this last week and we started going through it. Um, really interesting. I like, I like what he has to say and obviously funny, um, great guy all around, but, um, uh, we, uh, we must always go and love God, love people and lead well. You guys are dismissed. There's no Freedom Crusades tonight. So be blessed. Enjoy your Sabbath rest. Spend time with your family. We love you guys. And uh, hope to see you this week at our first Wednesday. It's at 7 o'clock, Wednesday night. Have a great week.